You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm Anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If you're on Twitch, coming over to live content, I like that everyone's coming over here. Uh, it get uh, For the more people coming over here on the Twitch, viewing this liking the content, consuming this content, it's keeping more and more of wanting, getting Dear Leader interested into Twitch and wanting to do Twitch. I showed him some of the stuff, what he could do through the YouTube live streaming, and he's liking that, but I think he would love Twitch more. And either or, only thing, like, me personally, as long as we just get him out of doing Facebook Live, that's that's what I want to get out of. Quality's terrible, chat room's terrible. That's uh, my thing. The whole experience is, is just bad. The whole experience is bad too. It's all bad. All right, so and I don't want to. I don't want to have to go to Facebook in order to watch the show. To be honest with you, it's right? Yeah. The only reason I would even bring it up anymore. I'm just getting, I'm so over it. Yeah. The only reason I am on Facebook is because of the podcast. I want to get away. All my other podcasts either have a Discord or BBS or an IRC chat that we can go into and talk, or we just go straight to the web page. But we are libertarians is on Facebook. Which, you know, I understand. Hey, once hey, it's a great collector because there's so many people there. I understand it. I get it. I just, you know, I just like going. So I just want to go somewhere else and get something else out of it. You know, there's so much stuff out in the internet, and then just staying there. All right. Yes, yeah, you, um, Brandon's, uh, Brand Spicer in the chat just said, so I just got blasted with an ad for Audi. I can't afford a damn power wheel, let alone an Audi. Um, yeah, uh, young people aren't on Facebook platform. Yep, um, Wicked Kenderson, yep, yeah, on Twitch, they got all kinds of different ads, and Wednesday, the night time for ads on Twitch is, like, big money on Twitch. They even do football ads. Thursday's huge. Like, to be gone is almost really taking the show and moving it to Thursday because of the ads that are on Thursday night because Bud Light sponsor is, does their happy hour on Thursday, and it's Bud Light ads everywhere. It's easy to um, bit farm on Thursdays, you know? So I usually bit farm. That's when I bit farm. Get all my bit. bit all right, let me back up. Ryan, do you want to explain what bits are? You probably know them better. You've been on so, Twitch longer than I yeah, have. So, so bits are things that you can either earn through watching ads or purchase from Amazon that give you the opportunity to cheer a uh, streamer. Uh, then that streamer would then get the proceeds for that. It's kind of a way to donate, but it, but in a way that's more interactive with the chat and kind of fun. And you get little badges for how, how much you've uh, cheered the, the streamer. Now you can still go ahead and and donate directly. That's still an option as well, too. And then you can also subscribe to people who are affiliated or partnered, and that gives them uh, money as well. But it's kind of just a nice little um, 
interactive way to to uh, help a streamer out financially. And if you watch the ads, you can actually a uh, certain number of ads a day. If you watch a certain number of ads a day, you'll earn bits that then you can use to uh, give that to the streamer, and the streamer will then get paid from from Amazon or Twitch. Well, you know, Amazon owns Twitch um, in a way that that they then get financially sustained from doing that. Correct. Yeah, yeah. It's like a different like a model from like YouTube is you can actively go and choose to watch ads and take that ad money and give it to the streamer that you want to watch, you know, or that you want to support. So it just ads on everything. But there's ads on everything, and those ads you pay for just the server to be on, and then you can watch extra ads just to like to support your streamer. Um, Wicked Kendra just said, "I got a Prime membership waiting to sub the wall." We, we, uh, we, as soon as we get up to 50 followers on to Twitch, we have the ability. You know, we can hopefully become affiliate. I, we're, I keep, uh, I keep streaming all the time, so I've got all the. I've keep getting all the achievements except the 50 followers thing. So we're getting close, but you know, we'll get there when we get there. And I'm glad they take the sub. Um, sub is just more of like a way of like supporting it, and you get a free sub just for being a Prime member. Also, if you're a Prime member and you're on Twitch, you don't see that a beginning ad that pays for the server. You, you don't get those ads there. So if you're a Prime member and you're on Twitch, you simply only watch ads when you want to watch ads, which is beneficial. And there's also other perks that you get for being a Prime member on Twitch, but I won't get into it if you want to jump into that, but this is, that's quick, dirty, and fast, and that's what you get. Okay? Any questions? I feel like waiting for questions in the thing. Anything I missed, Anything I missed, Reinhold? Uh, no, there's like I said, there's a lot of other um, features that you get with Prime membership. Of course, the you know the second day shipping I that's did free. Plug- that thing. Oh yeah, I did plug on the podcast last night. I will go ahead and plug here in the group, in the uh, Facebook group that we're here. Ah oh, crap! Thought I had the link copied, but I don't because we just got a article sent in from Toe Boater. It's more fun to use people's handles. I prefer handles. It's easier. Toboter sent in a uh, 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 article, so we're gonna ah crap baskets. All right, all right. Facebook's being stupid. I freaking hate this freaking website. The other thing is also like I did some changes to the um, uh, Twitch channel. I'm sure uh, the longtime. low-key wall listeners, or uh, or the people that would come over for uh, wall gaming night, uh, you notice some, probably some changes on the below field. I've added some things. I added some quick links, so if um, you've never seen the... If you're not on the Discord, there's a quick link there. You can click on there and get in the Discord. I put a uh, the link there so you can get to the wall Patreon. If you're not a Patreon right now, or you just want to pull... You need a quick link just to get to the Patreon feed. If you want to pull something off the Patreon feed... I also put on there the donate buttons for the wall website. So if you want to donate to Wheeler Terrans as a whole, that's down there too. I also posted down there just in case of uh, like for for cheer bids. If you just want to support this stream here, or you know basically me, help me help support the stream. Uh, this this stream here. So I use it to buy myself drinks, booze, coffee, gas money to get this uh, the. We are Libertarian Studio. Uh, buy myself a new, uh, get a headset if you guys don't like the audio quality or just other things. So that's that's what that one's for. So it's kind of like supplement there. No pressure to do that any of that. I'm just saying it's there if you want to use it. Okay. Oh wow, I got you. Oh, Boss Hog, 
is in the house. Boss Hog is over on Twitch. Welcome, welcome to Twitch. I think we got. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. The, yeah. Podcasting isn't free. Doing streams are not free. It does take some out of it, but I will do this thing for free. I love doing it. I love podcasting. I think when you do get supported and when you get paid, it makes you really step up your professionalism. It lets you. It. It gives a lot of responsibility to it. It makes you. Uh, really want to, you know, be the best that you can, because of the simple fact that some people are, people, uh, people are de uh, depending on you, so. Alright, uh, let's see, we got, oh, I'm gonna read some of the chat, uh, some, we got some go chat, we got Boss Hog Liberty in the chat, uh, why Spangle in the corner telling me taxation is theft? Because people like, um, Dear Leader, this, this also is like a beacon, it's a magnet, um, sometimes I've been on here just streaming with, uh, Dear Leader right here, and some people just jump into the stream and like, oh my god, it's a, you know, it's a Liberty Lover on, uh, on Twitch, and they allow me to talk politics in the chat, which a lot of Twitch streamers don't let you talk politics in your chat. I don't care. I love gaming and talking politics. It's the main reason I want to start this. That's the worship statue of Dear Leader. Yes, yeah. Other thing I need to get on here, I need to get from Reinhold when he keeps get when he comes on. I need to get a Reinhold graphic so when he talks, it just kind of sits up here. You know, good little Reinhold sitting right there. That'd be cool. He pr he probably hates that idea. What do you? Th and it, uh, who else is in the Discord? Uh, let's see, we got, uh, uh, Sunset Chimmer, you want to say anything, or, oh, you get your mic off, but, let, I can talk. You want to introduce yourself? Uh, I mean, yeah, uh, I, I have a Twitch, uh, thing going under the name Ascalja Plays, but, uh, you love to butcher that for everyone, <laughs> add to the layers of confusion. I'm sorry, Esther. Uh, we really do need to talk about your misnaming people. It's uh, it's <laughs> filled with microaggression, uh, soup, like tiny bits of transgressions sprinkled all over every social interaction. Sprinkle where you have to sprinkle transgressions and yeah. sprinkle of microaggressions. Yeah, it it's absolutely terrible. It, like a man can't keep his name straight with you around. Because names are stupid. I've played... Well, it's, it, actually, I think it come from playing a gnome in a D&D game for about six years. Names are goofy. I think my gnome character had, like, 35 names. I even, like, made a game with the DM that, like, every time I, we go to a new city, I want my gnome to characters to have, like, a new name. The entire town knows me by a different name in this town. Every time I go to. You sound like you're a nightmare to DM for. I am. That's why I'm mostly the DM. I once made a character one time and asked the DM for more points and more levels, or else. And um, <laughs> he asked me for <laughs> what else. He's like, "Do your worst." And I showed up with a character that could reach uh, that had seventy hit points, but could reach at ninety per round. <laughs> so much fun! Oh, that's so much fun with that character. But anyways, let's get into it. Oh, I can sit there and talk. We have got you know. I don't want to say like we've gone off the rails, but we're kind of gone off the rails. So we're gonna keep. We're gonna, we're gonna ignore the chat for a little bit, and we're just gonna read this article that was submitted, and we're gonna get into it. Okay, so chat, calm down as we go into this. Okay. They're not going to calm down. They're going to be upset. I'm sorry, chat. I'm sorry, chat. 
this was just this one just got sent in into the um, um, in the um, in the chat feed by Toe Boater RS. See, I didn't butcher that name. You know. Anyways, uh, so shipping um, um, magnet shipping ma magnates and friendly lawmakers air kiss over loathsome law that torments poor Hawaiians and Puerto Ricans. The Jones Act drives up consumer prices by protecting U.S. companies from competition. Guess who insists it must be kept intact? Okay, this was written by Scott Shackelford. Shackelford. January 23rd. If you're wondering why it's so hard to get rid of bad laws, a hearing last week at the House Committee. How's that coming on the feed? That's going to get crowned up. Let me see if I can. Is that better? I hope that's better. That looks better on my on my screen. I'll just have to keep it lower than the chat is so you guys can read along or as I read out. It's very good having to watch a two-hour congressional hearing. Oh, thank God. It's about the state of the U.S. shipping industry in the Jones Act. The Jones Act is a deliberately protectionist 1920s federal law that requires the cargo, shippings, cargo ships traveling between ports in the United States, including its territories, be made in America, owned by American companies, and crewed by American citizens. Oh, that sounds expensive. Of course, most things were written by the 1920s. This is why most laws should have sunset clauses. Yeah, I think all laws should have sunset clauses. That they have a beginning and they have an end date. And it was like, but you can, re yeah, but you can renew. But anyways, I keep moving on. I get out of my utopian, you know, idea for laws. But anyways, it doesn't take a degree in economics to understand this. Um, purposely protects U.S. shipping companies from foreign competition and therefore ends up driving up prices for shipping in some parts of the country, particularly isolated island communities like Puerto Rico or Hawaii. American consumers and companies that have to ship goods pay the price for protecting an American industry. But this hearing didn't have any representative from those uh, consumers or from people who have to ship cargo. Instead, lawmakers heard from the leaders of the very industry that benefits from the Jones Act. That sounds like government. Get back in the chat. Uh, Alright, that's it. That's it. Knew I should have looked at it. It was just a lot of salt going on in the chat room. And I decided to look at it, not looking back. The trade magazine Marine Law reports, in order for us to maintain the way of life as we know it, as the it as a nation that is secure and able to protect, uh, able to project power, be it navy power or commercial power, the Jones Act is instructed to that it is the cornerstone to all of them, said Congressman Duncan Hunter, uh, Republican of California, uh, chairman of the subcommittees of the Coast Guard and Marine Transportation. In his opening remarks, it, uh, uh, ranking member Congress, uh, it, in his open remarks, uh, Open twice. Uh, okay, so the that guy's a new guy. Ranking member Congressman John Garamendi. Let's let's go with that. Yes, Garamendi, a Democrat of California, stated: First and foremost, we cannot become complacent in our defense of the Jones Act and our efforts to raise public awareness of the need for and the many benefits that flow from this long-standing maritime policy that stood for nearly a century. Uh, someone said in the chat, "The minute Ranma one half is the greatest anime ever made." It's up there. I would. It's in my. It would be in my top ten. Ranma would be in my top ten. I did really, really did like Ranma. It would be in my top ten. I could watch that. That and Three by Three Eyes. Extra points if you actually watched Three by Three Eyes back in the day. Of course, most people are like, "What is the heck is Three by Three Eyes?" Good stuff there. 
Anyways, sorry. Focusing, focusing. Less happy about the effects of the Jones Act for the citizens of Puerto Rico and Hawaii, who have to pay for the, uh, the nose to ship their goods to their island. One study determined that it costs twice as much to ship something to Puerto Rico as it does to ship to nearby Jamaica. Thanks to the Jones Act. Oh, crap baskets. So if the headline for the Hawaii Free Press short piece on the hearing sounds a little exasperated, it's all kumbaya at the Jones Act U.S. House hearing. That's not with, uh, without reason, as the story, story notes. All seven of those testifying were pro-Jones Act, including two government witnesses and five representatives of the U.S. maritime industry. No critics of the U.S. maritime policy or those who are customers of the industry were called as witnesses. That seems convenient. Certainly, no merchant cargo owners, formerly known in transportation and law as shippers, were invited to this Congressional Jones Act love fest. It is easy for lawmakers to ignore the American citizens who are hurt by the U.S. protectionism when they don't even invite them to speak, nor were there any trade uh, economists to explain the law's consequences. The Free Press notes that the uh, notes of previous oversight hearings have been similar in tone, insisting the law is very important when denying voice to those who have been harmed. Ooh, had a burp there. Hope my burp button worked. I really hope that worked. That was loud. At one point, Duncan absurdly instead, uh, insisted the Jones Act is what allows us to project power and be the greatest country in the world, clinging to a federal law uh, that protects an American industry from foreign competition, the exact opposite of projecting power. It is an admission that other countries can manage this task better and more cheaply, and if they can, they should, then Americans can apply that money they save from cheaper shipping to grow in other ways. Uh, and below is an economist, Karen Schooling, explains why the Jones Act is harmful for Hawaii. Alright, I would like to watch this video, and we will probably will. I just... Alright, but alright, so so apparently like um, the um, Congress had a thing on the um held a hearing about Marines keeping the Jones Act and they didn't they didn't bring anyone that was a critic, just people just supporters over that. Oh oh you oh Tobutter, you do work But aren't you on a river in um Tobutter, don't you work on a river inside the continental US? How are you menacing with the Jones Act? I thought you were like in you know, in the middle of the country. It's, of course, it's on boat. Oh, interstate! Oh, interstate commerce clause. Oh, yeah, that's a little more old law. Spite things in the butt. Anyway, so it's not the first for the United States government to not bring, uh, you know, to use protect protectionist or 1920s protectionist racket crap to protect law. Like uh, here in Indiana, we're seeing it right now, where they will seemingly going to allow Indiana to have Sunday alcohol uh, sales. But they still are uh, are going to regulate a, um, the temperature of beer, allowing the liquor stores to keep their cold beer monopoly. At least they allowed us to speak our mind a little bit on it. But they, you know, but we knew that was going to happen. So, so this explains why everything shipping or moving things to Hawaii, like, because like Hawaii is a big, you know, it, it it's a lot of. Um, what is it? I want to say, um, econ, uh, not econ, uh, a lot of wealth uh, problems in Hawaii. There's a lot of poor people and a lot of, and a little bit of rich people. For the simple fact that it is very, uh, it's very expensive to be in Hawaii. It help. That's why it, you see like massive drug problems. Then there's like inter, moving interstate to in between the islands because you have to go in between the islands, with, which 
kills you on pricing. I've never been to Hawaii. I've, uh, my own experience with, with Kauai is one, Dog the Bounty Hunter, okay, all right, which is awesome. And then uh, I also, my other experience with Hawaii is uh, I had a friend I was out there. Um, uh, she worked out there and I, uh, she worked out there for IT. It was a really, really cool IT gig. Um, it was cool talking to her all the time on the, f on the phone, helping her out with gigs. Be and I really wished, like, uh, some sometimes I kind of wish, like, uh, when she had an entry level job out there, I would have just took it because she worked for the hospitals out there. And she, since she worked for the hospital, she got free clearance in to move in between uh, um, uh, the uh, islands. Uh, let's see, going back in the chat, US to US shipping has to be a Jones Act vessel. So you're telling me, right, Toe Butter, Interstate Clausco, so if you're just shipping from, let's say, I don't know, Ohio to Kentucky or Indiana to Kentucky or to Tennessee or whatever touches the river, it has to be a Jones Act vessel. You're telling me that that. So if I see a boat going in between the states transferring goods, all of them Americans on it. Man, that sounds freaking expensive. No wonder no one uses boats anymore. Oh, that's that's expensive. Well, it, it makes hmm? it makes sense too because they don't want people to bypass the law by then shipping from one state to another state to another state and their state to to eventually get around the rule, right? So yeah, yeah, makes sense. But it always goes back to like more of these like a, these nineteen twenty like a protectionist laws, like the minimum minimum wage law was a protectionist racket to make sure the Irish and the blacks didn't take um, good um, uh, take all the good um, construction jobs yeah that's yeah look that up yeah that was um I should bring that Thomas Hole Colt uh, section up back up there yeah, well, yeah there's a whole whole books written on how you know minimum wage law was just a racist law to begin with yeah yeah right yeah and the, the whole thing is like when the then the left likes to scare people uh uh about these law, a lot of regulations on the book because of child labor, uh, child labor. You know, first off, you know, back in the eighteen hundreds and or and further back, duh, child labor. Okay, everyone labored. Okay, if you could, you could walk, you could stand, you had to labor. If you didn't, you're gonna die. Okay, and granted, some of the conditions were poor, but no one really knew how poor. Or something like that. They didn't really have like a lot of the medical care that everyone else had, and a lot of families, you know, they these people that went back there weren't monsters. They weren't putting their kids to like uh, sending their kids out there. And a lot of the kids that were working on there, a lot of them were war orphans or like people like the kids that were abandoned like that. So it was either that or left to their own devices to do who God knows what. But the a lot of the people like to think that the child like labor laws was started just for the simple fact of uh, protecting kids which is a layer I'm not going to deny that is a layer of it okay the other multiple students they really get people onto a board was that these children were also taking jobs from grown, from grown adults they have more energy than you do you know especially if you just got to like reach your big hand into something and twist a wrench every day you know Let's see, we got some more um, things in the chat. I had a buddy that did IT for Wikikinder. They did for Ingram on the data connection for the riverboat traffic. Oh, it was kind of bizarre. Yeah, I bet it would be. Uh, the reasons to keep boat production in case uh, in case of a war, so there would be shipyards. Uh, I service a lot of Ingram boats. Oh, man, okay. Oh, wow, so, like, you're, um... Huh. Rhinel? My thing just like cut out, right? Are you there? 
Yeah, I'm here. Okay. All right. All right. My thing looked like it cut out there. I was like, oh, crap. Am I still annoying? No. The el- so he says oh, the reason is to keep boat production up in case of war. And that's not a reason. That's an excuse. That's mm-hmm. a justification for what they're really wanting to do. And that's just protectionism. Correct. Yeah. Protectionism. Protecting a racket, protecting everything. And it's no point that, like, luckily, like, and California really needs it um, because it's probably like a. To get people to afford to live on the coastline of California, and they make the money shipping everything to uh, Hawaii and Alaska. It's probably another reason why shipping to whole, mailing or doing anything to Alaska and Hawaii is not, you know, not only distance, but you're god awfully expensive to do anything like that, especially big things. And that also explains why, like, uh, it was. Like, you would think it'd be cheaper to ship something from Japan to Hawaii, get inside the United States, and it should be easier to get it around, but it's actually cheaper, cheaper to ship things from Japan straight to California. I looked up boat shipping rates. I'm trying to get a RX-7 from Japan. I always wanted one, because everyone thinks, just get one here, but they're so rare here, in good condition, or any condition, because you know, I take a roller at this point. Uh, it's just too hard. Anyways, um, alright, so, alright. Ready? Let's watch this video. Find what's going on. What would an enemy want to do to the people of Hawaii during wartime? They would want to cut us off from international shipping. Well, this is what the law does to us all the time. My name is uh, Ken Schooland. I'm a professor of economics at Hawaii Pacific University, and I'm on the board of scholars of the Grassroot Institute of Hawaii. I think the biggest problem facing the state of Hawaii today is the Jones Act. And I'm extremely grateful to Attorney John Carroll for bringing a lawsuit that challenges this on the grounds of interstate commerce. The Jones Act is a law that was passed in the 1920s to protect the American shipping industry from competition, basically. The result of this has been that uh, many parts of uh, the country now are cut off from 90% of all the world's shipping because of this law that says any ships that go from one American port to another American port have to be on an American vessel. Uh, That means that they have to spend much, much more money to pay for American ships that were built in American ports, uh, owned by American companies, at a much higher cost to bring things uh, to Hawaii from California, for example. Hawaii is cut off from 90% of all the world's shipping at much, much lower rates in bringing things here to the islands. Consider the Um, the words of the economist Henry George, who said, protectionism in all of its forms does to your own people in peacetime what the enemy would do to you in wartime. And consider, what what would an enemy want to do to the people of Hawaii during wartime? They would want to cut us off from international shipping. That's what the effect of 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 a hurricane would be, too, to cut us off from international shipping. Well, this is what the law does to us all the time, not just in, in a moment of emergency. The president recently waived this requirement uh, after Hurricane Sandy on the East Coast to allow international shipping to bring supplies to the destitute people in, in New York in that area. Well, why should we just get this access to the world's shipping at much, much lower rates during an emergency time? It should be happening all the time because our economy essentially is in, always in an emergency. A ship that's going from China to Los Angeles has to bypass Hawaii. Here we are in the middle of the, of the Atlantic where all the shipping is going back and forth and it has to bypass Hawaii. We could be certainly as rich and prosperous as Singapore or Hong Kong if we were allowed to have the access to the world. If you look in the harbor here, 
100 years ago, the harbor in Pearl, Pearl Harbor was filled with ships from all over the world, foreign flags uh, in abundance, and now hardly anything. Certainly Alaska and Hawaii are put at an enormous competitive disadvantage by this Jones Act, which affects them much more so because we don't have the alternatives of trucking and railroad transportation. We think that being totally self-sufficient by cutting off the rest of the world and we can produce all of our own things, then we lose out the opportunity for enormous benefits from the comparative advantage by the specialization and division of labor, by being able to buy products from around the world and to sell to the whole world the things that we are well suited to produce. I mean, consider bananas and, and agricultural products and sugar and pineapple, things that could be sent to the world much, much more cheaply. Um, if we were allowed to access all these other, this other shipping. But Hawaii can't serve the world, and we can't be served by the world. All right, so, yeah, Attorney General John Carroll's petition concerning the Jones Act was dismissed by the court with prejudice. He intends to mount a vigorous appeal. So, yeah, it, and it goes to show you, like, the multi-layer of crap that Hawaii has to deal with because they don't have the option of railroad and trucking to get to do interstate conference. They can only do by boat, and this thing, like, really crimson. That's why it's the cost of living in Hawaii is so high. And it just, like, just strangles those people, and it's... And that's what before we even get into the multi-layer facet of how Hawaii even became a state, and if that's all history of Hawaii, um, I think I know a couple of Hawaiians. You know, I, I know one. I know definitely I know one, um, and uh, she's like I've gotten her drunk and let her like rant and talk about it a couple of times. And there a lot of natives Hawaiians are like very passionate about that subject. So. If you see one, get one drunk, or just talk to him about it. It's uh, it is a uh, it's a better. I could tell you, but it's better to hear just like f because they've gotten it from like basically just being passed down from like of the atrocities that just happened in Hawaii. But anyways, all right. Does anyone have anything else? Anything else? I want to do about the Jones Act? About this article that was shown in by Toe to us, R us. Well, I mean the re the reality of the situation is is that. You hear politicians all the time talking about American excellence and, and how American uh, worker ethic is going to, uh, you know, cause us to succeed and be be great for for the world. But then, the fact that they're buying into all the protectionism proves that they don't really believe what they're saying. Yep, correct. Yeah, that. Yeah, and they want they like to use it as like this is more of American. I'll try to wrap them wrap that whole thing in the American flag. Like you need this to protect you from these awful foreigners going to well, come in or take your job. And that's why it's so hard to to, to fight this stuff is because there's so much jingoism mm -hmm. wrapped up in this whole conversation, and nobody listens to the the, the logic and the reason and the facts behind it. They are very emotive, um, emotively based decisions on this and and that's the way it is for a lot of things that are really wrong in the United States is that they're all wrapped in emotions yep. so nobody wants to talk about the, the logics behind what they're doing so they end up doing very illogical things 
but they do it because they feel like they're doing the right thing. They it feels good to them. Feels good. This is where it should be. All right. So yeah. Moving on to California's um, Oroville Dam spillway built on unstable ground. All right, so uh, uh, we're gonna watch this, watch this video real quick, and I read the article because because it's uh it's really 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 cool. Because it's it, it's older news. You know what? I don't have the music on for it, but it's older news. But it's um, uh, it's very how can I put it? It's they did the investigation and looking at and really like investigating everything that's going to happen to it. Uh, this one's was done by um, this one. I'm getting it from weather.com. Here I'm going to post the link in the chat room for everybody. All right, and if everyone look it up, read those th thing on their own time. But anyway, so the Overall Dam spillway, which collapsed in February 2017 during heavy rain, forcing the evacuation of some 200,000 people, was built on unstable ground, a new report says. In a 584-page investigative report conducted by an independent forensic team and released by Bruce January 5th, the Association of State Dam Safety Officials and the United States Society of Dams investigators noted that there was no, no one single factor that led to the collapse of the spillway, but it came from a long-term systemic failure. The investigators determined that the Orville's owners, the California Department of Water Resources, was significantly overconfident and complacent about the integrity of its state water project civil infrastructure, including dams. But one factor stands out in the report. A cruise as crews began constructing the tallest dam in the United States in 1966, contractors warned DWR that the 3,000-foot spillway was was being built on unstable ground. In fact, the construction reports from October 1966 showed a plenty of shot rock, but very little solid rock. Alright, um, now being the massive builder that I am, I know everything about shot rock. Do you know what shot rock is, um, Reinhold? Reinhold? Not a... Technically, but I mean, I'm I can guess from the name that it's probably loose rock, rock that's not uh, connected to uh, bedrock, as it were. It's uh, it's going to be slippery and loose, and it's going to crumble when put under load. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the stone that is nearest to the center of the rings of the curling. So yeah, it's that softer, softer rock. You are correct. Yeah, just from the yeah, article. Uh, let's see, total budget. Army Corps of Engineers is so bad at building dead. Yes, Totem Brothers just said the comments like Army Corps of Engineers is bad at building things. Yep, government contractors. So anytime anyone, that's why anyone thinks that the best of the best work for the government, you're wrong. The best hackers in the world work for private industry. The best of the best work somewhere else. Right, and and that was what I was mentioning before. There was a 1928 uh, dam collapse, uh, St. Charles, I think, or I can't remember the name of it exactly right now, but. It was an interesting story because apparently someone investigated it the day before, mm -hmm. went to the dam, saw the dam, saw what was going on, and started telling people to get out. And people weren't listening to him, but he told anybody who's living in the area in the basin below should leave and evacuate. And the next day, uh, overnight, actually what happened, so they woke up in the morning, the dam collapsed, broke apart into three places. 
and it decimated that whole basin area and killed a lot of people. Did it decimate or destroy it? Because words are meeting. Oh, I'm sorry, that was a bad joke. Yeah, we're talking about yeah it was the St. Francis Dam, that's what it was. It was 1928. Yep. It catastrophically failed. Oh, wow. wow. Horrible. All right, all right, okay, all right. So, 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 like, so, you, so, this guy was investigating it, and he was, yeah, and he's, yeah. If the, uh, let's see, here's a primer on how the disaster unfolded from the coverage in the Times. From that day, the St. Francis Dam opened in 1926. It leaked. The folks in the farm towns downstream used to joke that they they see you later if the dam don't break. Oh, <laughs> that's um, unsettling. Built by William Mullen, known as the father of Los Angeles Municipal Water System, the 1,300-foot span of concrete in San Francisco Canyon held more than 12 billion gallons, 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 <laughs> gallons a year. Supply the ships, the ships now. Words have meanings. Words have meanings. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, words have meaning. That's why it's not Arkansas, it's Arkansas. Built by uh, William Mullahan, known as the father of Los Angeles. Um, it's a, a year supply of the entire city, about 15 miles to the south. The dam wasn't even two years old when it was sprang new. Muddy leaks on the morning of March 12, 1928. The dam keeper, Ta- Tony... Ethnic last name summoned Mulhand and Mullen's chief assistant Harvey Van Norman, nice normal name, who inspected the dam and vouched for its safety. Out <laughs> it's safe. Didn't even look. Twelve hours later, H. Ethnic last name and his six-year-old son Coder were among the first to die. Oh wow! Followed more than by four hundred and fifty others. Oh wow! This like great photo of her. All right, I know we we're going to talk about it the other day, but. Reinhold brought it up, and I'm curious about it, so I jumped into this because if anyone really like seen me online or like mess with me like late night on Discord, this is how I like you know I, I like to click into things and find out rabbit hole. Yeah, what yeah, yeah, get rabbit hold. It was three minutes before midnight when the dam broke, freeing a ten-story high avalanche of water to sweep 54 miles west to the ocean. It would take five and a half hours to get there but no official warning would be sounded for considerably more than an hour after the rupture. Water engulfed the whole town, dozens of ranches, an Edison construction camp, the Harvey Carey Indian Reservation and Trading Post, and DWP Powerhouse No. 2. It swept in Castic Junction along the St. Clara River, bed to Peru, Fillmore, St. Paula's, Setecoy, and finally the sea. Demolished 1,200 houses, washed out 10 bridges, and knocked out power lines. Bodies washed ashore as far as San Diego. Oh, that's gruesome. Oh, man. Oh, man, that's Logan Paul gruesome. One of the first photographers on the scene was Times George Watson. Uh, Years later, in an interview for the Watson Family um, Photographic Archive, he described his experience. Watson explained that he had photographed the dam about a week before the collapse en route to visit his brother in Hughes Lake. Then on the night of March 12, 13, 1928, March Watson was dispatched to Castic. There was an operator on the on the, the Times called Lucille, says Watson. She was a pretty wide awake gal. She knew where every Times employee was any time of the d- day or night. She could get anybody on the phone, and she called me about a quarter to 12 that night. Now, the article used the term gal. I wouldn't use that term. That's not a, a current year term to call a... Um, female co-worker gal but it's just 
and she says, George, I think there's going to be trouble up on the San Francisco uh, Dam. She says, I've been calling the operators all over the little towns, and I can't get through. I think there's something going on. She says, the St. Francis Dam was sometimes referred to by the canyon name. Watson said, you dashed out, out to Castic, getting there about 1 a.m. Water was still going out, Watson said. We could probably, we could hear people yelling out in the stream. Oh, that's, oh, that's sad. Oh, wow. Ooh, that's a dark scene. But because it was so darn dark, Watson had to wait till dawn to take photos. We sat around there till dawn, and Harvey Van Norman, chief engineer for Bill Mullahan, came up with a truck and he said, take us to the dam, Watson said. So we got in the truck and went up. Went up there. We could barely see it. I put my camera on a tripod, opened up the lens to a four, uh, to f 4.5, and gave it to gave it a two to three second exposure. I got the p picture of the water still going out. He said. Then I made some more close-ups. Watson said he stayed at the St. Francis Dam site for more than two days, sending his film back to Los, Ange Los Angeles. He said rocks and pieces of the dam washed down the valley for a mile, half a mile, and were twice as big as a two-story house. Oh wow! Oh wow, that's gruesome. And you recognize the name there, Mulholland, right? So there's Mulholland Drive. There's a lot of um, honor given to, to Mulholland for what he did in getting water and, and everything to Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. But he, I think he was the person involved in, in some of the corner cutting that took place in this dam, so a lot of the blood was on his hands. Yeah. But it was like that rush that you get that water out there, but because it is considered a desert. And yes, it says F four point five. I said F forty five. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Thanks, chat. Thanks, Wikikender. Thanks, appreciate it. Um, was it probably good back then? No, I don't think it was because they got a warning about. It. I think someone just ignored the warning on the people doing the inspection. Either didn't know what they were looking at. Or they didn't have the ability to allow outside inspection, or just didn't have a community, or just like the knowledge base to know, like, hey, you're building on crap because clearly someone went, uh, someone went there. They said, hey, this is bad. This needs to be fixed. Get out. This is awful. They just didn't heed that other person listens and went to another, uh, a different authority. So, back to. If I don't get off this article, I'm gonna jump down to a hold because you just said Mahal, and I was like, you're right, and I wanted to. You know, my first instinct, right, is to do what I usually do. <laughs> look is to, yeah, like do this, click. All right, let's go. Let's see where this takes us. Let's see where this rabbit hole takes us. All right, back to the original article that got us back there. You know, yeah, government employees, uh, toilet butter, just small counters like government employees. Yes, government employees. You know, a lot of them. Now, the thing is, I don't say like they're the best, but a lot of government employees get in the go into government to help people. They do get a lot of good people in there that, that, that actually, they get people that have the scent of wanting to help people. A lot of that is and, beating, and, beaten out of them in four years, though. Well, and, and they're, they, they go in with the misunderstanding that government is there to help people. Government is not there to help people. Government is there to uh, impose order and, and uh, direct the force of the state. That's the Correct. only reason government exists. If it wasn't for the fact to use... So, government is the only organization that has the legal authority to use force. Mm -hmm. Everything else that the government does, if force was not involved, could be done by a private organization, which is probably the better way to go because then you have people who are focused on that goal running those organizations. But when you get government involved, and you get politics involved, and you get force involved, mm -hmm. you get 
screws everything up. So government should be limited to only doing those things that require force mm -hmm. to be used. Everything else should be left to private organizations, non-government or organizations, non-profits, if you will. Mm -hmm. They don't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be IBM or Walmart or whatever. It can still be a right-minded organization that's non-for-profit and still doing the right things. The Sierra Club is one of the best examples I can give to this. Yep, the Shr uh, Shriners. Right. Uh, and then Shriners are great, too. I got a, My brother-in-law is a Shriner. It's oh. a wonderful organization for what they do. Oh, nice, nice. The, uh, and it also goes to show you, like, that's why it always frustrates me when people call the cops for non-force necessary um, complaints or something like that. Well, we've got someone being loud. Just go talk to your neighbor that they're being loud. It, calling the cops on it, that's using the state force to get someone to be quiet, that's a lot of, you know, like, it's like, well, you know, that's what they do, it's a sound complaint, but, yeah, but in the end of it, they're going to show up to, and tell these people to be quiet with guns. Now, they probably won't pull them, they're just going to knock on the door, but at the end of the day, they showed up there with guns, and these police officers are here to, they, they join the police force to make the, uh, to keep people safe, I doubt they join the police force to keep people quiet. <laughs> There, there are a few who are very. And if you are living next to somebody, and you don't feel comfortable knocking on their door and asking them to keep it down or be quiet, you either are scared of your neighbor, and in this case, you need to move and get out of there. Because I don't know where. If you're living somewhere where you're scared of everyone around you, you probably don't need to be there. I think that's the worst thing that's happened because of the encroachment of government in every aspect of our lives. Is that people no longer feel like they need to even know who their neighbor is. Mm -hmm. Right. So a lot of people don't know they don't have those conversations with the neighbor that wasn't the way it was 50 years ago 60 years ago people knew who their neighbors were people took care of them each other yep it's it's when they said okay now the government's taking you know they're taking money out of my paycheck in order to take care of these people i don't need to do it anymore i don't need to get personally involved anymore i can go live my life and not worry about it and now nobody cares nobody knows who their neighbors are nobody knows who needs help in their in their neighborhood anymore Yep. Uh, just because of that is a side effect of that, an unintended consequence. Yep, yep. Like, uh, my neighbors on my house, my neighbors uh, around me, I like my neighbors. The, um, the, I, I think I've had, like, basically only like, two different complaints of, like, living in my neighborhood. One, when they moved in next, when I got some new neighbors next door, they were cool when they went there, but they've got, like, a young teenager, and she gets really she can get loud and messy which they you know they quiet down as long as we get a hold of them and ask me quiet but it's funny like they had this going off on a tangent here they had a huge party and i mean when the sun went up after their party in the backyard the entire side yard was a huge mess right it was awful and i looked at it and i go like i'm gonna go to lunch <laughs> and go shopping go food shopping i'm gonna I'm going to trust <laughs> that they know I saw this and they're going to clean this all up because it was all in my yard. It blew it in my yard. All right. So I go to lunch, come back, come back all clean. It's completely cleaned up. They even brought up some branches and then they stacked some wood back. It was awesome. I was like, yes, yes, yes. It's awesome. It pays to know your neighbors. It pays to be to know them. The neighbors to the next to me, um, 
lot of people look at them as like, who the heck do you have next door? The best neighbors in the world. They're freaking mechanics. So they got all these freaking cars every on the side of it. And they were worried about me when I first moved in because they were like, oh man, this guy's going to call code enforcement on us, tell us to get rid of all these cars. No, not me personally. When I moved in there, that's the main reason I like the house. It's like, wow, they have all these cars here. I can have all these cars on the side of my house too and no one care because they don't care about their cars either. And, and it's awesome. It's great. It's amazing. You know, but you know, and I got some, and I got a 317 rider, which is really cool because he comes out, get on his bike, and he, he, you know, he sits out on his bike and makes me work on my bike when I'm sitting out there doing nothing, just drinking beer. He's like, you should work on your bike so you can ride. I'm like, okay. Because I mean, if he wasn't, I probably wouldn't work on it. I'd probably work on something else. Anyways, back to this article, just steering this boat back. I'm not, I, that's, I don't even know that's how you steer a boat. I don't go on boats. I don't swim, so I think that's how you steer a boat. I think they have wheels, right? They have rudders, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Uh, one general reportedly refused to continue working until he received the okay from his boss, knowing he was he was building on unstable, uh, no, knowing he was un- building on unstable ground. Wow. Oh, I think I skipped some reading ahead and went down and I. Depends on the boat. Depends on the boat. Uh, Wicked Kinder said, depends on the boat, whether you get that. In a 584-page investigative report conducted by the independent forensic team and released by Jeremy Fifth, the Association of Dam Safety Officials, and the United States Society of Dams, the, the USSD, investigators noted that the, there was no one, no one single factor to the collapse of the spillway. I think we read that. The investigator determined that the Orville's um, owners, the California Department of Water Industry of the DWR, was significantly overconfident and complacent with the integrity of a state water project, civil infrastructure, including dams. Which, at this time, we also have to, like, I'm not giving them excuses, but I'm almost like, in this time, they were still going through their drought, so... And it was... And California really doesn't build that many dams, so it was like, build, let's get this thing going. But one factor stands out in the report as crews began constructing the tallest dam in the United States in 1966. Contractors warned DWR that the 3,000-foot spillway was being built on unstable ground. In fact, the construction reports from 1966 showed a plenty of shot rock, but very little solid rock. One engineer reportedly refused to continue working until he received the okay from his boss, knowing he was building on unstable ground. The contractor said it needed to, uh, to dig deeper to find solid ground, but whether money was... but. Whether money was an issue, 1.2 million more to ex- ex- excavate deeper, or there was a time constraint under the governor Pat Brown's vision to get water as far south as San Diego quickly, uh, those warnings were not heeded. All right, so like yeah, these these compounding things like hey, you got to get this done, got to go, got to go, got to go. The report concluded that be- because more excavation was not undertaken, the result was a foundation that did not meet the original design intent. The sort of set the physical stage for what happened 50 years later. Geotechnical risk manager and forensic team leader John France told the Sacramento Bee. So it goes to show you, like, when engineers ask you to build something or something some way, or, like, even, like, a tech or somebody, like, hey, you should do it this way. Granted, you know, it may sit there for today, may do it tomorrow, may go next year, but eventually it will fail. This is a big, good case for this. I think I'm going to save this thing later when someone asks me, you know, when I'm building something for their, like, their network, and I'm like, will this do this cheaply? But, yeah, but eventually, when you go on to do anything else, it's going to crack about, but I think you should read this article about this dam and understand what the heck I'm talking about, you know. Granted, you know, loss of life, unless you do with medical stuff, but anyways... 
But even before construction began, early reports, geological surveys questioned the integrity of the site for a dam and spillway, and in 1948 study scouting possible dam locations, engineers found instances of weathering to, to uh, amphibolite? Well, that's new. Uh, that's weathering to amphibolite. I do not know that word. So let's look this word up. Sorry. Sorry. It's a new word for me. Oh. Amphibolite. Amphibolite is a metamorphic rock that contains amphiboles, especially the species hornobland and ancillite, as well as plegoslets. What is amphibole? Amphibole is an important group of generally dark colored and insulate mi minerals forming prisms or needle like crystals. Okay. Alrighty. Made of crystals. That's, that's what I want to build on. Okay. Alright. So it was a hippie dam. Yeah, hippie is <laughs> ultra high vibration crystals. <laughs> if you guys, this is literally how like I'm reading this article and going through this article the same way I do everything I do for Wall. So we're like, wow, this is you know, and and it's like I'm almost like like this because it's very raw to show you guys like I don't know everything, but I'm willing to admit or say I don't know something and immediately use the power of the internet to go look it up. Yeah, it's easier. And I'm just noticing right now that I have an overlay that's messed up. But I will fix that while I read. Alright, when the dam was completed in 19... Uh, sorry, the decision was made for, uh, with the best of intentions, but against the advice of civil engineering and geological personnel, who by, the, by then had recognized the poor bedrock condition and the potential for unsatisfactory performance of the previously untested emergency spillway, the investigator wrote. When the dam was completed in 1968, the DWR seemed to collectively forget about previous warnings and move on, despite cracks that began to appear in the spillways even as early as the dam's inauguration in 1968, which they deemed as normal. Alright, I don't spend that many time around a dam, but I don't think dams should leak. I think that's the point of them. Should leak. Nah. Well, spill, spillways are important because you don't you need a way to relieve pressure off the back of the dam. Yeah, so that's what the point of the spillway is. But they shouldn't be leaking through the actual dam itself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When the dam was complete. Uh, the dam was complete in 1968. The DWR seemed to collectively forget about the precious warnings. Uh, actual bedrock condition and implication of those con conditions were well documented prior to the during the construction. Um, but there was no post-construction recognition of the weathering potential in the rock types presented at Orville. The investigator wrote, Detailed and accurate information was not properly uh, accessed in subsequent years. Rather inaccurate, uh, incomplete summaries of information were passed on through generations of DWR personnel. The investigator seemed surprisingly surprised by one original designer hired as a postgraduate student with little spillway engineering experience despite claims that the best engineers in the world were gathered to be uh, design the claim. I'm guessing that was also a money decision. But that guy was cheaper. He bid the cheaper price. I was also going to show you if you're doing any project and you sit there going like, hmm, this guy's the cheapest. Let's go with him. And which is, you know, great for like when people do freelance work because, you know, I have, you know, Wow, right? Oh, you got you 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 got. <laughs> I can't believe I I I triggered the <laughs> auto mod for that. 
Reinhold got triggered by the um, the chat moderator. Kind of put like, the light chat moderation on it um, because just I've, I've got trolls oh one here in here a couple of times. There was a there's a troll from uh, from SoCal. Um, he likes to come in here. Um, he's on the thing and he likes to send videos. I'd make sure and you can't troll. But Reinhold got tr uh, got censored by this comment here. You stick fingers in in dikes, they like it. They <laughs> oh, I, I I get the I get the auto. I, that's actually amazing that it caught that. I was a because it's a bad joke. I get it. It is a bad but. joke. It is a bad joke, and I can't believe I read it. But I re I only read it because it's I'm reading it. I laughed. I reacted. So I have to read it. <laughs> I can't believe it. That's that's actually pretty cool. I like the auto mod on on Twitch. It is actually very handy to have. Yeah, it, yeah, it is handy, and and it stops these guys out here for just typing in weird things and trying to. Uh, Get it going up. All right, cool, cool. All right, see, I had to change the um, the follower go there because it should say four thirty out of forty because we're really freaking close of getting to our fifty goal. So we're so freaking close. Um, the investigator seems surprisingly surprised by one original designer hired as a postgraduate student. Yes, yeah, the cheaper guy. If this information is accurate, the, the investigative team finds it striking that a, such an inexperienced engineer was generally the responsibility of designing what is still the tallest dam in the U.S. In the years that followed, the spillway cracked in multiple places, allowing water to flow underneath. Instead of addressing the issue, patchwork repairs were made. <laughs> Sorry, it's not funny because people got hurt and died. But you got to be all right. In the years that followed, the spillway cracked in multiple places, allowing water to flow underneath. So instead of addressing the issue, patchwork repairs were made. Who wants to say cover-ups? People were like, "Oh crap! I'm going to be held responsible for this. Let me kick this can down the road because I've got you know five more years and I can you know I get my federal pension or my state pension." And that can just probably just get, get kicked down the road, you know. And we all know who built this dam. Boomers. Boomers built this dam, and that's Billboy. Well, now here's a question. Okay. So did did the government build the dam, or was it a private contractor who built the dam? The um, government was the customer of the dam. It looked like they went out to a private customer, and they got that, but they were oversaw it, though. Right, because there are many, many, many engineering feats that have been built by people. Or, I mean, look at the the the, uh, the big dig. San Francisco Bridge, the mm -hmm. uh, our state building. There's a lot of great, wonderful buildings that, and uh, other engineering feats have been built over the years. So there are there are, there are failures, and we need to learn from those failures and and not do what needs what happens there. But I think that the best way of going about that is to have the private industry doing that and making sure that they are on the hook if anything goes wrong through insurance and things like that. The problem is, is that the government builds it mm -hmm. and something bad happens, you can't sue them for the failure. Correct. Right. Yeah. But if you have a private industry do it, you can sue the you can sue them. The government will penalize them and fine them and, and they will monitor and and uh, ensure that they're doing the right job, supposedly. Um I mean that's that's kind of their job, but it it adds an, another level of monitoring mm -hmm. the building of that. Whereas if the government builds it, if the government does something, there's no oversight to that. You know, you're expecting the people to oversight the government, and in areas of things like this where you have to have some sort of expertise in order to know what's going on with it, 
it, it makes it kind of impossible to do. So I think that that's always been, in my opinion, the better way to go about building these types of things. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. Because, yeah, because a private industry that was, they know the will on the hook for this. They couldn't cover it up, do all that type of stuff like that. They wouldn't allow this to happen because of the, or if it did happen, you know, lawsuits that happened and which, you know, people would be able to sue them civilly to, like, for, like, damages. There's a lot of the different things that, uh, the food scares from the, there's a lot of things that happen in, like, in food, like the, uh, what is it, um, what, f- uh, I'm not going to say the name of the company because I can't remember the name of the company and I don't want them to come after me because I don't want to hit the wrong company. But there was a certain co- uh, f- uh, food company, uh, lunch meat company, that uh, accidentally had like a small outbreak of, uh, of a foodborne illness. That foodborne illness got out, uh, caused issues with a, pr- uh, um, um, a mother who was pregnant. She, had ki- she also had kids. They also all had issues. They had issues because of the lunch meat that they consumed that they did trace back, and it was the fault of this food manufacturer. They sued this food manufacturer. They did get paid, and that food manufacturer and every other food manufacturer put other safeguards in place, so this also won't happen again to them because they 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 get very 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 hefty settlements. What yeah so. And the main reason why I'm not going to take a shot in the dark and just say a food manufacturer because the rules on going after food manufacturers in the United States are kind of nasty. They went after well, there's slander and libel laws that are you have to be kind of careful of too. Yeah, yeah, but then there's you know, but you saw what they did to Oprah, so they went after Oprah, <laughs> go after anybody, you know. <laughs> just, you know, just wait for president, you just wait for that ticket, Winfrey and Zuckerberg. Yeah, yeah. Think about that. That reminds me of another story I wanted to kind of bring up later, but we'll get to that later. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. Cool. Anyways, the spillway collapsed on February seventh, twenty seventeen, after heavy rains caused the Orville to lake to rise to dangerous levels, forcing officials to open the spillway gates. The power of the water that was uh, released crumbled the patched and repatched spillway, weakened the the integrity of the dam. Nearly two hundred thousand residents living downstream were evacuated. It's just, it's nice also to know that they did get everyone out of the way and evacuated everyone other than the other previous dam um, close to 100 years earlier. Um, it's a story that is tragic tragedy of neglect. Bob Pia, a professor emeritus of, of engineering at UC Berkeley, told the Associated Press, there was overconfidence and complacency in what I call the patch-and-pray approach to maintenance until the system couldn't take it anymore. Following the February spillway incident, the federal... Energy Regulation Regulatory Commission required DWR to engage an independent team to investigate the collapse. DWR asked the Association of the Safety Dam Safety Officials and the United States Society of Dams to recommend people to serve on the six-member team. The DWR completed the major repairs to the spillway in November, with more expected over the summer. A total cost expected is $640 million already spent. So if they would have, the original project, if they would have just did it and spent the $1.2 million, Back in 1968, which would be, well, one with the inflation. Anyone know the inflation on that off the top of their head? No? Yeah, that's something I carry around in my brain. The inflation rates are. All right, I'm looking it up right now. Um, Let's see here. um, Although, remember, a lot of inflation in the 70s, so that's going to take a lot of, it's going to inflate that number pretty good. I know, when you think about it, right? 
I'm putting much of zeros in the calculator right now. Because it said 1.2 mil, right? Right? Yeah, I think that's what it was. Alright, so basically 8.6 mil. It calculated to inflation. It would be up to $8.6 million. So it would have been cheaper for them just to fix it, do it right the first time. <laughs> so if they would have just did everything correct the right thing. Now, which also scary is like, how many other projects are like this inside the United States right now that was built around that time of well, people of the government built and just kind of screwed around? Like, like a lot of the bridges collapsed. Like, you know, how many yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of the crumbling infrastructure people talk about is poorly made bridges that were that were uh, made with material that they knew they were going to have to replace in 20 years instead of something that was going to last that long. They need Mike Holmes in there doing these uh, <laughs> doing these uh, projects, right? That'd be, you know, I couldn't imagine some Mike Holmes going to some of these government projects, you know, take it. Tear it down. Bring it down. That would be a great new show, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. Mike Holmes inspects a government <laughs> government uh, projects like this. I'd watch that. You know what? We have a reality TV star president. Might as well let Mike Holmes goes on the White House. Holmes on Holmes. Goes him, to the yeah. White. <laughs> yeah. Make him a make him an American and put him in charge of the uh, Department of Interior or whatever, or whatever <laughs> government agency does all that. <laughs> Tear it down, rebuild it back up. Oh man, that's, do know, it right. Do it right. Do it right. Which he does get to you. Like when I even like I start to go build something, you hear that inner Mike Holmes like, "Oh crap, I better do this right." I don't want, I want my house to end up on homes on homes. What a what a great um, presidential slogan, though. Do it right. Yeah, do it right. Just do it right. And people would flock to that. Mm -hmm. Hey, they they flock to you know. Hope and change, Mega. and and MAGA, you know, you know, just wait to spangle niece twenty twenty. Can't get any worse. Maybe <laughs> their their slogan to be: We can do vote for Trump or Oprah. Yeah, we just, yeah. Who are you gonna vote for, Trump or Oprah? Huh? Or or worst case scenario, Zuckerberg. Which. Well, then, yeah, then they just, uh, I think the spying might be a little worse at that point. Oh, yeah, because since he owns Facebook, he doesn't have to get a warrant. He just can just spy. It's my server. It's his servers. Doesn't he can protect us from all the bad speech. Can he? That'd be good. Just things like what I want to talk about next. Okay. All right, fine. Send the article in. Well, do you want the article? Um, I can send you the article. Hold on a second. Did you not want to talk about it? Or does... Ramp... You... There you go. You got it. I get... I just put it in there. Put it where? Oh, in the story thing? Okay. Yeah. Erica Badu. Oh, what is this? I, I will not have you... Talking bad about Erica Badu. And said, uh, Everybody's talking bad about her right now. Have you seen what she said? What? What did she say? What? No, you have to. No, no, leave her alone. So here, here's what she said. Here's what she said. She, she had an interview. Okay. And she's talking about how she's very empathetic, and she tries to find good in people, even horrible people. She said, even Hitler 
and Bill Cosby, you know, they have good things in them, right? There, uh, Hitler was a painter. He had a creative bent to him. Uh, Bill Cosby's done a lot of great things for for uh, people and communities and things like that. And you know, he's sick and has done horrible things. He, she, she still tries to find the good in these people, and she's getting excoriated for this. What? The Anti-Defamation League CEO has just called her out for irresponsible and misguided comments. People are so angry at her because she said something, she tried to find something good in Hitler and in Bill Cosby. First off, Bill Cosby is a great man. Okay, he, He's... He's done so many wonderful, great things. He's done some horrible, stupid, irresponsible things. And she says that, you know, she knows him. She knows he's a good man. It's just that he's sick. He's uh, done some sick things. And those things were done so many years ago. In defense, of, in defense of Cosby. Kid. In defense of Cosby. Okay. First off, a lot of these reports, right, when it happened during the 80s, hey, Gen Xers, you guys were popping quaaludes and all kinds of drugs and cocaine no, and all kinds free of free love. People were, yeah, that's what irritates me about the whole stories is that, you know, we were drinking stuff and we were taking, they were, everybody was taking drugs and doing things back then. This was not abnormal. Yeah, we saw Boogie you know. Nights. Now, him, him abusing it is not a good thing. And in today's context, no, it's horrible to do. But in the 70s with free love and everybody mm-hmm. doing all kinds of drugs, it was just kind of how things were. Well, it wasn't anything com- so out of the normal at the time, to be honest with you. Well, the other thing uh, is... It's still horrible and wrong. I'm not going to defend it. Oh, I, but, I, I, I'm not going to defend, like, like you know, date rape, but I will defend Cosby on the simple fact that, one, that he is using the last $300 million of dollars in his war bank to sue these women, these gold-digging slur whores into, the, like, oblivion as they come up trying to get their dirty grubs of money out of him, though. I well, they found out a lot of them are saying that he was, that this, things happened in time when he was in a different state. Yep. Right. So a lot of these they're just throwing out because they're horrible. But it doesn't matter because the court of public opinion has already tried him and found him guilty. Right. Yeah. And that's one of the good things, like I said yesterday on the podcast, like there was the one good thing about um, uh, the Ansi Ansari. I'm Bush. That oh man, why am I so yeah. bad with names? <laughs> and and sorry, yeah. <laughs> and they're screwing him over so hard. I mean, yeah. it's just that's the uh, the only good thing the, about that. If you read is, that story. If you read that story, he's you know she's like, well, you know, he was going down on me, but then he kind of wanted to have sex, and I'm, I'm like, no. How horrible was it for him to do that? I'm like, you. What, what are you thinking? Of course he's going to try and want to have sex with you if you're letting him go down on you. All right. I have been out of the dating game for a long time. I am so glad I am out of the dating game. I could not do it right now. I would, I have to carry a, a pack of uh, legal contract forms with me in order to do anything. It's it's insane. Yeah, yeah. It's insane. I, I Like I said, I, you know, personally... I don't know if I'd have dated an American woman. If I started to go date route this time, I'd probably leave the country somewhere that didn't expedite and come back. But the uh, the thing is, right? I don't date that much. But what I uh, what I do know is, if you're going on a date with somebody, right, and they ask you to go inside their house, most of the time this leads to sex. Okay. <laughs> hey. Well, how, and the dive. thing is, is that women, women are horrible. 
women are horrible at telling you what they want. They want you to. They want men to be able to be be the 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 person who kind of you know does the. It, they're not going to just say, "Hey, now I want you to do this," and "Hey, now I want you to do that." They want you to kind of interpret their moods and feelings and figure it out and blah blah blah. And it's like you're putting men in a completely impossible situation at this point. Yeah, they're not all women. Like, there's some badass women out there who exactly the, that will tell you exactly what they want, how they want it, and I and think, marry those women. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of those women like have you know are or do get married or or the because they're self-confident they're self-assured right. they know what they want yeah the, the, that girl, grace which we still don't even know her real name which i don't think is fair that she did this whole accusation and didn't you know used his real name but we just probably the person doesn't matter you used his real name and you won't come out of the shadow which is bullcrap you should be able to face your accuser aren't you i mean yeah. that was part of the legal yeah. system in this country exactly but the thing is if you can't verbally tell somebody how you want your sex and if you can't verbally tell someone you're so vanilla or you're so uptight about how you like sex or what you don't or do not want then maybe you shouldn't put yourself in that situation maybe you should just you shouldn't do this this is you, you know granted society's trying to tell you all this well, thing, but was, if, you, if you can't put that to words she admits you, that she was after something. She was wanting to be with right. this great this guy who's a celebrity, and she was all excited about it, and mm-hmm. she was willing to do all this stuff. Yeah, I don't know. But getting back to Erica, they're they're all oh, yeah. jumping all over her because she is is portraying a a mindset of let's try to find good in people. Why are we trying to hurt people who profess that view? Yep. Why are we trying to take her down because she is trying to find good in people? We should all be trying to find the good in people and, and understand that everybody's still a human being. Everybody still has uh, thoughts and, and they're complex and there's good and bad in everybody. And let's accept that. And let's, that's not to, to justify what they did. I'm not going to justify yeah. what Hitler did. It was a horrible thing he did. But you got to remember, too, that that necessarily wasn't his idea to begin with. That was. Uh, Goebbels' idea, or or I can't, it's Gehring or Goebbels, or one of them was was the one who was pushing for that. He was just like, okay, let's do it. It wasn't his goal to do that. It was just felt that that he felt that that that's that situation he needed to do. But I'm not going to defend him for it. It was wrong, horribly and terrible. But let's let's also not un- try to pretend that there wasn't other things going on, and there wasn't the fact that he was he had other thoughts and, and feelings as a human being. You know, let. Let's not dehumanize our our enemies and our opponents and the people we disagree with. Well, yeah, that's other and thing. that's all she's saying. That's all she's saying is that's let's let's understand that these people are human beings and feel some empathy for the whole of the person, not just the care the the, the one thing we identify them as. Mm-hmm. And we should be embracing and 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 accepting people who can do that, not completely and totally destroying them for it. And punishing it to the point where nobody will ever do this again. Correct. Yeah. 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 Yep. When you're saying this, remind me of this clip from the the you know the Boondocks. I'm gonna play the Oops, wrong one, wrong one, wrong one. Oh, I love the Boondocks. Yeah. Um, this episode, the the Martin Luther King in the 9/11 cl- climate. This is awesome. Then on October 15th, during an appearance on Politically Incorrect. <laughs> King shot the country. Dr. King, okay, you're an advocate of nonviolence, but guess what? How do you think the United States should respond to the terror attacks of 9-11? Well, as a Christian, we are taught that you should love thy enemy 
and if attacked, you should turn the other cheek. Crowd. America was outraged. The president was very concerned by some comments made by some ex-civil rights leaders, and those people in question should uh, watch their goddamn fucking mouths. Of course, an Al-Qaeda lover like Martin Luther King wants us to just roll over and let the terrorists win because he hates America. My suggestion? Go take another 30-year nap, commie bastard. In December 2001, CNN named Martin Luther King one of the 10 most unpatriotic Americans. His book was canned, his house was vandalized. King renamed his book Dream Deterred, and it was finally released by a small publisher. It was called Unimpressive by the Woodcrest Post-Gazette. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, when you said all this, and this is this is instantly like what my mind went through. But let's go through this record by, by do thing, because this episode's getting long, well, getting longer than the two. Yeah. But, right. Well, and, and that's the thing, too, is this is, <laughs> I mean, I can go into the 9-11 thing, too, but, you know, how the terrorists have actually don't, won. Did, I, did, I, trigger, did I trigger you but, on that one? <laughs> But yeah, it's just it's just so frustrating that we as a society are, are like this, and and that that clip is is perfect example of it too. It's just that we will tear down people uh, for saying just anything that isn't in line with what we consider to be patriotic, jingoist, mm-hmm. uh, America is good, all that stuff. It's just like maybe we should think about these we need people like this we need yep. people to mm-hmm. have alternative views and to bring these things up in order for the conversations to be had we may disagree with them but we should embrace the fact that people have these thoughts and views not tear them down yep yep I'll get some comments like yes you know got Jackie Zombie in there going like the freaking yes Eric Bardu is badass and you know she, she she is badass, and this is really, and she will speak her mind. And she, I, I think, hopefully, she, she doesn't give yeah, she two flying fucks about what everybody else says too, and that's great because because it takes somebody like that in order to do this these days. Because it's so, it's so uh, dangerous mm-hmm. to to yeah. speak your mind anymore. Yep. On Wednesday, um, January twenty fourth, Erica Badu caused stir on social media after her controversial comments surfaced about finding the good in, in Adolf Hitler. In an interview with Vulture, wow, that's clickbaity as hell, but Badu labeled herself a humanist and cited Hitler's terrible childhood as a reason for her empathy. Uh, empathy. I see good in everybody. I saw, I saw something good in Hitler. Badu revealed to an interviewer, David Marchese. She also spoke about a nation Islam leader, Louis Farrakhan, and how her admiration for him in some areas doesn't mean she agrees with everything he says and does. Jonathan Greenblatt, CEO of the Anti-Defamation League, caught wind of Badu's comments and sounded off on Twitter. Eric Badu, I read your interview in Vult- at, at Vulture and I have a few thoughts. First, you are ignoring the plain facts about Farrakhan. It is well known that he's a virulent anti-Semite and racist. Don't believe me? Click here. Which tweeted Greenblatt, who redirected users to a 2015 piece written by the ADL denouncing Farrakhan. Second, I also like to think that there is a good in all people, but Hitler is pure evil. I don't care if he painted or was a vegetarian. Hitler is responsible for the deaths of six million Jews in a in a war that claimed the lives of tens of millions. Shame on you uh, for downplaying that. What the hell is wrong? She never once downplayed that. 
And is this what they call virtual signal? Yeah, this is virtual signal. Virtue the, signaling. Yeah, and the other thing with it is wanting to call Hitler pure evil is that it's like they're too afraid to admit that Hitler was a human, that he was a freaking human being. You can't you can't humanize your enemy anymore. You you're, and it happens in politics all the time. Yeah, the left does it to Trump. He's mm-hmm. they don't see him as a human being. The right does it to the Schumers and and and, yeah. and the left all the time. It's it's a horrible affectation that we have in this country yep. where we feel like we have to dehumanize our our enemy in order to to battle them. Yeah, that's what's one of the most gruesome. Um, besides the like the non like it's one of the war documentaries the World War Two documentaries that has nothing to do with death. There's no like you know like granted you know like World War Two was horrible. It was a horrible war. Uh, the Holocaust was horrible. I'm not excusing any of that. But when they were showing like the human size of Hitler, watching that documentary that really messed with you because it didn't really, it was like a whole documentary piece on him just going to, um, you know, like, you know, him on vacation, him doing things, it's like, the side that you never get to see of this person, and it's like, wow, this, you know, this was a freaking human, and it's the scariest part about it, because it shows you that any one of you guys could do this if yeah, you anybody's got a capable. Yeah, and it's, and, and what's also goes to show me is like, that's the, but if, but, I always boil it down to, but if Hitler could said all these things, did all these things, and be syphilis mad, it was more of he had the force of government behind him that allowed any of that to happen. Right, and you can remember Hitler got the power and was doing all these things because he thought he was doing what was right for his people. Correct. You know, but the Treaty of Versailles screwed over Germany so bad mm-hmm. that bad as a result, somebody like him could come into power who, you know, somebody like, you know, saying, let's make Germany great again. Mm-hmm. Who would then do horrible things because of that, and using that as as the base of the decisions that they were making, right? Yeah. So it's it's well, those things that you have to remember. It wasn't in a vacuum. He didn't just wake up one day and go, "Yeah, I want to kill some Jews." You know, that's right. not how things happened. Yeah, yeah. And not just to beat up on Trump. Um, it's the same thing with Obama's the hope and change aspect going on, moving on that. It's also the in the same line of that, you know, but. Well, you can probably do it for well, every president, that type of you know thinking. But anyways, back to the article. Glass response: Greenblatt pointed out his disappointment in Badu as a role model and urged her to issue an apology for his statement. For his statements, you are a role model to many, and as such, you should immediately apologize for these irresponsible, misguided comments. He wrote, which makes her even more of a role model for her statements. Elsewhere, in Badu's interview with Vulture, she refused to make any jumpings about Bill Cosby, despite the numerous sexual assault allegations allegations against him. Because I love Bill Cosby, and I love what he's done for the world. But he, but he, but if he is sick, why would I be angry with him? She questioned. The people who go out hurt. I feel so bad for them. I want them to feel better too. But sick people do evil things. Hurt people, hurt people. Wow, that's very touching, isn't it? Take a look at Greenblatt's response. Um, Eric Badu, I read your interview. You know, you got the series of the tweets. You know, and responding back and, and virtual signaling online, basically masturbating himself. And then you got the, the links to the article here, and which they've mentioned. And of course, some people got onto it. Yeah, so I think Eric Badu is like is a role model. Uh, she. You know, and her statements here even shows how much of a role model she is. The simple fact that she's brave enough to say this and just tell everyone to shove it if they don't like it, you know. 
and how many people want to correct do that these and she's days? I mean, correct. A lot of people are are not going to stand up for her right now because they're not going to take the backlash for it. Right. right. So she's going to be going out there doing this on her own. Nobody's going to be standing up and saying, "Hey, leave Eric alone," because they're going to go. Oh, I, I saw it on Twitter. I saw um, Don Cheadle, who I follow and I, I like a lot, but he's he's a lefty, and I mm-hmm. you know I have my arguments with him. But he went and saw. He says, "I want to see what's going on on Twitter." I saw it, and I was like, "Oh shit!" And he basically ducked and tailed and ran. He's not going to go up and defend against her Damn. because he is is going to be too scared to do that. Damn. Which is which, which which does suck, you know, because like you know, much of the talk of like the black community likes to do is black unity, but they only want black unity if you fall in line, you know. It's a well, and it's all it's like that for everything on the left. If you you know they want they want equality for everybody, they want everybody to be protected and 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 treated equally, unless you don't agree with them. You know, they talk about we want more women in government, but we don't want those evil Republican women in government. We want them out. We're going to destroy them. And when they do, they de- they go hard, oh, yeah. right? So yeah. when a, when a woman on the right tries to, to to do something, you know, just take a look at Sarah Palin. They mm-hmm. destroyed her, and they destroyed her in a way that was ugly, yep. right? They you know the, the, they made the announcement that that uh, she was going to be the vice president's candidate on Friday by Monday morning. She had already uh, was the one who was, you know, her um, uh, the the child was was actually hers, and all, it was all this stuff that it was actually her daughter's and and not hers, and she was taken over. It, all these yeah. conspiracy theories and and horrible rotten things about her, pictures of her in a bikinis, things that that if, if the right had done to a female left politician mm-hmm. they would have gotten excoriated for but they felt justified in doing it because it's the other side right so it's it's horrible political climate right these days yep and if you don't think it's affecting you if you actually believe that sailor palin said i can see russia from my house you may have yeah, it's the propaganda well look what they did to dan quayle I mean, a lot of people make fun and jokes about Dan Quayle, but most of the things that are attributed to what he said were things comedians says that he said. He didn't say most of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And the guy was actually a smart, wonderful person. I personally knew him because he helped me in a situation that I had in the military when I was trying to get discharged and they were screwing around with the discharge of it because from my medical stuff. Mm -hmm. They were these leaving me in limbo for months, for a month and a half, two months. My wife wrote to our congressman who at the time our senator who was um luger and quail in quail's office you know i got a call down says okay you're getting discharged today like a, a week later i got down there and they said what are you doing here you shouldn't be here yet and i said i don't know they just told me to be here so he says let me call somebody he called somebody on the, somebody on the phone at the at the out, out charging center and he says you know i'm just calling about this person like that and he says well where does it say senate investigation and he turned the paper over he says, okay, no problem. He says, we'll have you out of here today. Right? That was something that Dan Quayle's office did for us. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people can say all they want to about Dan Quayle. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> I have a whole <laughs> different view of the situation. And it was terrible to see what they did to the guy. It was, it was really kind of, it was horrible. All for political gain. They don't care about the, the people that they're hurting when they do this. And it's and it's I gotta put it it's it's rough to watch it happen, but there's 
I think with the, I think a lot of like, especially like last night's episode of Wall, uh, of Wall Wheeler Vitarians, I think with the internet generation, I think a lot of it, it, it either, I sometimes I feel it has enhanced it, but other thing it allows some people to get them caught up into it, so they can actually show back up to it. Like, um, I don't think there's, you know, there's never been a time when it's so easy to just to jump back ten years, grab someone's comment and statement, and be able to share it so widely and vividly. Like, look, this person said this ten years ago. Boom on the news channel, this organization, and I feel like it's okay to do something like that because they're willing to hang someone for stuff they did ten years ago. It's like, okay, cool, and here's what you did ten years ago. Well, and how many how many of us are going to survive something like that if we, if that were to happen to us? Yeah, we've all said done stupid things. I've got posts from you know I've been writing about politics since you know the early '90s. So if you go into the alt groups mm-hmm. on politics mm-hmm. in the new, in the old news groups, they're still out there. You can see yeah. my writing and stuff out there. And I go back and read some of it. And I'm like, what was I thinking when I said that? That was stupid. Because uh, I'm a hu- I grow as a human being. We all grow and learn and and become better people. We're not the same people we were 30 years ago. And oh, yeah. give people five you know a break. Give people their humanity, mm-hmm. the, the the ability to be wrong from time to time. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like there's stuff from like my old podcast when I was just like a small like, scumbag Republican. I'm like, oh dear God, I said that. Oh man. Oh man. Uh, yes, I was. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> I go back podcast. and read some of that stuff, and I'm like, uh. oh man, just burn it to the ground, and you can't. And it's like, if I actively go after this thing, you know, it's going to show back, show its ugly head. I have, so I, I have an like, article Whoa. that you can go read. I have an article that you can go read mm-hmm. that's actually still on my website. I'm not taking it down because I, it's what I wrote. That's what I wrote. Uh, it was a called a case for the uh, uh, Iraq War, where I was supporting uh-huh. the Iraq War. Now. At the time, I supported the Iraq War for different reasons than a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, but I still did just because we promised them we would help them if they were to ro- rise up against Saddam. We we promised the Iraqi people we would support them, and when they did, mm-hmm. we turned our back on them. Bush Sr. turned his back on them after telling him he would go in and help them, mm-hmm. and they got killed. They got slaughtered, right? So I felt it was our duty to go help them go from ahead. this dictator and this sort of thing. And so there was there was a case to be made for that, but by the time we re- I realized we were going in and not leaving, mm-hmm. we should have gone in, removed Saddam, and left, and said, "Okay, you figure it out. It's your country. You figure out how you want it to run." No, we decide we want to put the right person in charge and build it the right way and stay there for fifteen years or however long it was. No, within a year, I'm like, no, we should be gone by now. Leave, and I wrote about that too. But if somebody were to go back and pull that old article up, they could, you know, make a case that I'm not really a libertarian because I was for a war and I'm an anti-war guy. What am I doing supporting it at the time? You know, it's just it's it's scary what you can you can do to people these days that way. So the chat room has, has gone livid. Let's see, like Jugs, they put it like, oh my, God, they were talking about Palin, the Palin cl- clothes allowance. Yes, that's whole scandal. This is how much she's buying on clothes, going after what she was wearing. Would never do that to a liberal woman. Um, oh, you you would get killed to that if you you start saying that stuff about Hillary when she was running. You would have gotten killed for it. Yeah, and then we've got Wicked Kender said that he voted for McCain. Ouch! In the past, Jack Zimmer said she voted for Hillary in the primary. Oh man. <laughs> oh Jesus. wow! Oh, thank you. Yeah, oh, no. you know, like a um, couple, of, like uh, say your Ron Paul Hail Marys, and um, you know, donate three bitcoins to a charity. Right. <laughs> Clean yourself up. <laughs> they do your penance. 
it's uh no, usually it's, tell people that uh, like it wronged me or did something like what can I do to make it better I'm like uh, research articles vote libertarian and donate to a charity that <laughs> libertarian charity something. yeah but you wonder why there's no good people in government because nobody no no person who has any humanity is going to want to put themselves into that right so you end up with these um, sociopaths mm -hmm. or, or uh, narcissists who, who are running because they're willing to put up with it yes. and that's what you get um, Farks Kaznugan in the chat said it's impossible purity test there is no uh, real libertarian that is wrong dear leader is a real libertarian he's been libertarian since the day he was born ignore all the times he was a scumbag Republican and doing a support the troops rally just ignore that stuff but you know other than that you know yeah, hail dear leader. Hail the dear leader. Alright. So, like I said, this episode's getting long in the tooth. Now it's getting close to 930. Did about 90-ish minutes of content. Uh, thank you everyone for, um, oh, actually, Brandon, do you have anything you want to wrap, wrap up? Anything you want to get off your chest that you didn't do? Plug stuff that you want to plug? I said it, I'm going to say, tell you, I'm you basically, plug? I'm forcing you to plug. <laughs> Giving me free reign to plug. Considering, yeah. like, um, Paul came in to just so, to plug, and then he, like, hung up his mic for the entire episode. Uh, I do, uh, uh, this is Reinhold, so I do stream on Twitch from time to time. Actually, I probably have a vodcast going on right now from our uh, D&D game, so if, when you're done here, if you want to go see some uh, really bad Dungeons & Dragons play, you can go over to my channel, uh, Reinhold TV. Uh, I'm also putting together a couple podcasts myself, so when I get those announced out and announced, I will let everybody know what those are. Uh, I also have a, a webpage, Reinhold.org, which I haven't uh, updated in a few years, but I'm trying to get back into doing that as well. Uh, but other than that, just uh, you know, keep supporting Wall, keep supporting Harry, and uh, be good to everybody. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. Reinhold's doing that. So like, when this is done, if you want to go watch some D and D stuff, go over to Reinhold. Give him a follow, regardless. Or not you know, help um, help him out on his channel. Um, other thing with um, uh, us, I want to pimp out um, as Paul goes in the in the chat and Fark ass new gen. Screw you. I will put your all names for the internet. But anyways, Liberty and Show this Friday. We're doing it again this Friday. We're gonna do the Friday after that. We're gonna do every. Friday until we want to say stop. Um, so we'll be at the Triton off Wheeler, not Wheeler. I'm just gonna butcher names for the rest of my life. I don't even. I think like I get more names right if I try to go bad. But when I try to be good and say the names wrong, uh, the names correctly, I usually mess up. But anyways. The Fort Benjamin Harrison, 5764 Wheeler Road, Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, I will be there at five. If you want to get there earlier, that's okay too. I'm going to be there at five o'clock. Um, I'll be there with Gunther again. I'll be there drinking coffee and and eating some food. The food that uh, we got the the new bistro at Triton just opened up. It is so it's a very 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 good menu. The tenderloin was excellent. It's amazing. Um, I'm not quite finished with Agents. I can't get myself to want to watch Agents of Shield, so we probably won't get Reinhold to eat his hat this Liberty and Chill. But I will eventually get myself through Agents of Shield so we can watch Reinhold eat a hat because I I know I hate that show and I will continue to hate it just to watch him watch eat the hat because it's going to be a hate watch. Um, also, uh, don't forget to 
make sure we follow. We're really, you know, like I said, we're 10, 11 people close from getting on the follows that we need to become affiliate here on Twitch. So if you know people or you uh, other wall listeners that you interact with on your daily basis, tell them, come over here to Twitch, make an account, give us a follow, please. We're so freaking close on this. Um, you know, it's, I, I figured once we have the ability to have subscribe and to be able to lock it out of subscriber based only on the content, I can get Deleter to come more often here onto the Twitch and do the Tuesday and Thursday show here on Twitch. Um, also, like, I take all feedback at price at wheelerbertarians.com. Uh, like, you can email me. Um, I take a lot of feedback from the show. I need you guys' feedback for the show because, like I said, I'm tone deaf. If the, if the you know, audio quality is poor, stuff like that, I don't know. Please tell me. I don't know. It sounds good to me when I listen to it, but, you know. Uh, so, once again, I want to say thank you for tuning in here onto Twitch. Thank you for listening. You could have done anything else on a Wednesday night, but you are here hanging out with me in the Discord chat. Um, for other people that are in the uh, um, in the in the um, um, in the Twitch room, the thing for the Discord chat is below. Get into Discord if you want to jump on a Wednesday because you want to talk about a um, you know, a topic. Jump into the Discord. We get in the Discord. Um, if you don't feel comfortable, a lot of part of the Discord, just stay on the top at stay in the like safety spot. Wicked Kinder wants me to plug the Wall website, go on the Wheel of Libertarian Spots, or Wall Politics, depending on what you want to go to. Jump on the Patreon, become a Patreon listener. Even one dollar a month helps out the of the podcast. So please uh, do all this. I I plug more than um, Dear Leader plugs. You got uh, you could, not fair because I get this instant feedback from you guys. That's not fair. Okay, alright, alright, just want to say it. not fair. Um, the other thing is what I'm going to, um, which I was trying to do this episode, but I couldn't get, um, Dear Leader on. It was also to simulcast stream this stream here from Twitch and also do it onto YouTube. It's this way it will keep, because Dear Leader wants to be able to keep these videos because Twitch only keeps them for 14 days. And for 14 days, the video drops off. So Dear Leader's been trying to pull them and just put them on YouTube. So what I'm going to end up doing is just try to stream over there. But I probably only do that once we hit their 50 subscriber because I don't want people watching on YouTube when I really want them watching here. So, um, Let's see. Plug in your phones, everybody. Draining 100%. Uh, f- thanks. Yes, Paul. Yeah. Or you get a phone with an extra battery pack here, so you walk around with, like, two batteries. So, nah. Nah. Anyway, so, like I said, thanks going in. Also, ooh, Friday. Friday Liberty and Chill. I will also IRL stream here on the Twitch channel. So... I'll be on that. Um, we got a couple of people on. If you see it, jump on. And if you're sitting out and about, you know, you see me IRL streaming, you know where I'm at. Come ahead. Come down to uh, Triton and uh, come say hi. Have a beer or coffee or soda or just some chips. It doesn't matter. And Friday night we're going to game. Um, I wanted to do Guns of Icarus this Friday night or Patlins or... I just butchered that name. Um... Uh, Ultimate Chicken Horse again. I really did love Ultimate Chicken Horse, and I think coming back from Triton, a couple beers in me, doing some Ultimate Chicken Horse would be even better. So, yeah. That's it. I'm ending the stream here. I'm getting along. Alright, bye everybody. See you, bye.